so actually, um, I forgot what my second question was about um, the alone time thing, but I, I now have a new question for you because mm-hmm. when you started doing the, um, with like round two, right? So round two starts, you guys decide you're going to get back together again. Um, what made like, so round one basically ended because of like a lack of trust, jealousy, um, you know, like if, if I remember correctly, it was like, you know, you, you felt like you couldn't be totally honest with Shelly. She felt like she couldn't trust you. And it was kind of a, a big, basically like exactly what you would call a terrible relationship. So <laughs> what, like for real, like you guys, you guys were yeah. scary toward the end. I didn't like being around you, but yeah. in this round two, like you guys are, are honestly like a couple that I want, I try to model my relationship after. So how did you like how the fuck did you fix that holy shit i didn't know that that makes me feel good thanks dude um how did we fix it the six months apart was was key just because that's when we got to rediscover um what we enjoyed doing right Mm -hmm. and so and I, I mean, honestly, this is going to sound stupid too, but like the big thing that changed is we just grew up. Like I just turned 30. So I, we started getting back together when I was like 24, 24 or 25. And I was really ego driven in my early 20s. And I, I don't know, looking back at it now, I, I was kind of a douchebag. You know what I mean? So like, yeah, I, what do you mean by that? Like what did you do well, that made you a douchebag? <laughs> um... I just had this chip on my shoulder because I was really, uh, I wasn't self-confident because I kind of felt like a fraud. Like I didn't like, I mean, I don't want to go too deep into it cause it's totally off, off base, but like I didn't go to college. I like, barely graduated high, high school. And then suddenly I was like doing pretty well as like this young fitness and health entrepreneur or whatever. And I felt like at some points, like I wasn't like I wasn't, uh, I wasn't the good choice. I wasn't the right choice to be the person to, to, to like talk about fitness and health because like, what the hell did I know? Um, and so anyway, I was a little bit, uh, I was self-conscious and I wasn't that confident. And I think what I did is I, uh, compensated for that by trying to be, um, how do I want to say this? I, but by, by trying to be the guy that I wanted to be, but not in the good way, I would look at like a powerful, like I had this idea of like being this like powerful entrepreneur, like baller kind of guy that could just Mm -hmm. go and like pay for anything and like, no worries, I got it and pick up the tab. And it just, it became this personality that, uh, it wasn't actually me. Does that well, make it, sense? I appreciated it though because I'm your like baller phase got me through my my starving musician phase. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, uh, you're you're welcome. Um, so I guess I just grew up in those six months too. Like but, I joined but that the new actually, company. So I feel like that doesn't um, like what is that? What does that have to do with your relationship? Like what you're being a baller and paying for everything and <laughs> and feeling like you were like a hotshot? Like what? How did that affect your relationship? feeling like I was a hot shot. Well, I never did. I never did anything that she wanted to do. Right. Like I was, uh, I, I, here's the thing. I was really, really nervous and I was really, really worried about what other people thought of me. 
And I still am to some extent, right? I think that's, I mean, maybe you aren't, uh, but like, I think it's a, like part of the human condition is to be self-conscious and worry what other people think. Yeah. And I was just really worried about ever looking, I, I was really worried about putting myself in, an, in a situation where I would look very stupid. And so I tended to only stick to the things that I was really good at and had a lot of self-confidence in, which is why I worked out in the gym so much and my identity became wrapped up in it. That's why I continued to, to write my blog. Um, and I was always preaching for people to kind of get out of their comfort zone. But if I, if I'm being honest with myself, I very, I, I was rarely out of my comfort zone. I lived in my comfort zone. Um, and so what changed in round two is I had gotten okay with myself to the point where I could have new experiences and risk quote unquote risk, uh, looking stupid. And what happened is when we got back together, I just started doing more things that she was interested in. And that really helped the relationship. And so was that like a, a product of, um, cause in the first relationship, like I can see, cause it, now if you didn't want to do something, it sounds like the rules of your relationship have been established. Like that's okay. Like there's, there well, is no resentment. But and, it, and I'm not saying that you never do anything that Shelly wants to do or that you could never do anything that she wants to do. But I mean more along the lines of like, so in your first relationship, was it was it that you were um, like you just didn't do that stuff or was it more that like you didn't ever talk to her about so, that stuff? Yeah, no, no, no. So we have this kind of like... Uh, so there, I think there was about maybe like two or three weeks where we went and saw this couple's counselor, uh, maybe like three or four years ago. And one thing that actually came out of that that was incredibly helpful was the way that Shelly and I process information differently. And so what would happen is I would say an automatic no to pretty much anything that she would suggest that would get me out of my comfort zone because then I would feel stupid and I wanted to protect my ego. So everything was kind of an automatic no. But what would happen is as I started to, I guess, grow up a little bit, I would, I, I would know I was saying that. I would say no and then I'd have this internal struggle. And sometimes what would end up happening is I would say no. And then maybe a day later, I would come back and say, actually, I've thought about this a lot and yes. However, at that point, she was like, oh, you don't really want to do this. You're just doing this to make me feel good. Um, so no, now I don't want you to go. And so that became uh. a thing. So anyway, from like this, this, I guess these couple of counseling sessions, what really came up is like, like just because I say no, that's just my, and this is like a pain in the ass for her probably, but just because I say no, it doesn't actually mean no. Like when I say, <laughs> when I say no, this is like the one case where no doesn't mean no. <laughs> You know what I mean? Like yeah. I say no and then I'm like, all right, actually, yes, I would like to do that because it's going to be a growth opportunity for me. It's going to be really cool to to be more in your world doing something that you feel comfortable with or something that you want to try. I want to try it with you. Hmm. And so I, I guess just having that, uh, knowing that we process information differently and her giving me some time to kind of come around, like what we started doing is she would ask me something. And then we would just like build in this buffer period of like Nate thinking about it. And then I would come back with if I actually wanted to do it. Now we've gotten to the point where I, I, I hope at least that most of the time, like if she asks if I want to do something or she invites me to something, I 
if I say no, I really mean like, nah, I just don't want to do it. Or I'm like, yeah, I'm nervous. I'm just like way less ego protective. I'll actually come out and say what I'm feeling. And I'm like, I am going to feel stupid. And that makes me very nervous. And I don't want to do it. However, I love you and I think it's going to be good and ultimately it will be fun. So yes, I will do it. (laughs) (laughs) That, so that is interesting to me because like that external internal monologue you just had (laughs) is like, that sounds like the worst thing in the world to say out loud. Like just the, (laughs) the willingness to, to more or less show your emotional underwear. Like that's pretty, I'm pretty good at that by now. You definitely didn't used to be. So no, exactly. What, like how is sense. that? Uh, so aside from just the, like obviously the willingness to do stuff that Shelly wants to do, like does that, how, like how is that? Do you feel like that's a big part of your better round two? Well, I've talked about this a lot and I, I really think that vulnerability is the new strength. And what I mean by that is like, I think what happened, if we go back to like me feeling like a douchebag or whatever, like in retrospect, I think what happened is I was, you know, you know, the term like the Facebook feed life or whatever, where you're only posting photos or like expressions or like things that you did that are fucking awesome. And so everyone gets this false perception that you're fucking amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, That's like I, how I exist on the internet. Exactly. Um, no, I'm kidding. But like, but that, that is how I used to exist. Right. And I was really, really worried for people to find out that I wasn't all those things all the time. Hmm. And what ended up happening is as soon as I started embracing my fear and my, my limitations and my, my ego and everything like that, I realized that people opened up to me more and it uh, how do I want to say this? It just became okay to be more vulnerable. And I don't mean like just, you know, put out my life story and make everyone around me feel bad. Like I have good social awareness and I'm not just going to like vent on somebody, Mm -hmm. but I will say pretty much exactly what I'm thinking. If I don't think it'll directly offend someone. And I've noticed that when I call out my own insecurities, other people, one, if I call it my own insecurity, I don't have to worry about like trying to make it look like I'm awesome. I can just be insecure or whatever and go about my business. And if it looks like I, if I feel stupid or I look stupid to other people, then I said I was going to do that. So no harm, no foul. Yeah. And they tend to open up too. Yeah. That's funny because like I kind of came from the the opposite end of the spectrum where like when I was a kid, like, you know, middle school, high school age, I, I was so vulnerable. Like I was so willing to tell people anything. I was really gullible, really like, I just trusted everybody and hadn't really learned that like people would lie to you or, or anything like that. I was, I was not a very, uh, emotionally adept child. So I, I got my feelings hurt a lot when I was in like, especially like grade school and stuff. Like I would talk to somebody and they would, um, they would like open up to me, but they weren't actually opening up to me. And then I would tell them something. And the next thing I knew they were like kind of running around telling everybody how much of a, you know, like how, how soft I was and how I was like, you know, so whatever. So then I like, then I was like, Oh, well I know what I'm going to do. I'm going to go exactly the opposite way and be this big tough guy. And then I like tried to be, you know, you saw my, my 
10,000 different personalities that I tried on in high school. And, and at the end of high school, I had gone back to the emotionally vulnerable thing, but it was like almost done in a fuck you way where I was, I was trying to be so honest and like emotionally vulnerable that it was basically like an offensive attack. Um, Yes. That's when it becomes a problem, right? Yeah. And so I've kind of been going the other way. Like you've been getting to like open up to a certain degree and I've been trying to like learn to better filter so that I'm not sharing for the sake of sharing. Like if I don't like something that somebody is doing, I used to just share that because it seemed like the right thing to do. And and I also have this whole concept of like, if you don't have secrets, you can't be hurt. Um, Cause you know, you, nobody can come out of the woodwork with like a, a secret or a, you know, a deep, dark something that bites you in the ass and ruins your life. But if you, um, you know, but if you're just like overly honest and you just hurt somebody's feelings for no reason, you're not, that's not making you a good person. It's not, and it's not protecting you. It's just making you an asshole. Mm -hmm. Um, So I've been working really hard with Marissa to like be very open without being open just for the sake of saying something that I thought like, and that's not vulnerable. That's just, I mean, vulnerable is like being willing to show your cards and not trying to impose that on anyone else. Right. And so I guess what I mean by that is like, I, so I, I show my cards pretty much constantly. And like, and I don't mean that in a way that I'm like forcing my feelings down on her from, you know, from my imposing height, but like, I'm i I'm more just willing to say like, I feel bad right now. And it's because of this. And then, but I also, you know, if I'm not paying attention, will sometimes just say something that has nothing to do with me. Like I just make a comment that is hurtful because I like, I don't know, like she, she said something to some other person that has no bearing on my relationship with her. And I have a judgment on the way that she said it. And so I like offer that and I'm like, that was a dumb thing to say. Like I did Mm -hmm. not need to tell her anything about what I thought about the way that she speaks to somebody who's not me. So, so I, I like, you know, I'm, I'm working very hard to not offer unsolicited advice and not to like dump my heart out on her when it has nothing to do with her. Like some of my problems are just my problems. They don't have anything to do with her. And if I want to like vent for the sake of trying to protect myself emotionally and like, you know, get that shit out of my system, I should you know, write it in a journal. I don't, she, she shouldn't be my emotional sponge that soaks up all the shit that I don't want to process. Um, so that's been my, my thing on, on like the whole, like openness that, you know, trying to share, um, I, yeah, I don't know. Cause it, cause like, I'm trying to draw this line in my head where like, I want to be all the way honest with her, like all the time. Um, but I also know that like honesty isn't necessarily a like a black and white thing like some things are true but that doesn't mean that it's like honest to say it like i feel like if someone asks me a direct question like i don't i mean i probably won't sugarcoat it that much like sam sam harris is an author he wrote this book called lying that was really interesting and he had like this uh uh, the specific example, like if a friend, if like you're sitting out at, at a pool party or whatever, and a friend comes up to you and he's like, uh, I've been trying to lose some weight. Um, I got like 30 pounds to lose, you know, what do you think? Do I need to lose any weight? 
like the bad thing to say would be if you like if you feel like your friend needs to lose weight the bad thing to say would be like no nah, dude you're good or ah maybe a little i mean but who doesn't need to lose weight like instead uh, I, um, I may be murdering this example, but it was like, you're doing them a very big disservice by not telling them what you actually think if they asked you a direct question. Right. Right. So like, yeah, I think you could stand to use, lose 30 pounds. You probably feel a little bit better. Um, I don't know. It's like this awkward situation. So, mm-hmm. but yeah, I, I try not to lie at all, even if it's like a thing like that. Yeah. The, the lying but, has been, but coming up like, but like if, if, yeah, like if she says something to someone else and it's not the way that you would have said it, like it's totally different. Like she didn't ask, Hey, how did I handle that interaction? Right. I'm feeling a little weird about it. It's, it's, if it's just like unprompted, then I can see that causing a problem. Yeah, exactly. And that's, and that's where, um, like it's, it's a very easy distinction to draw. Like, did anybody ask me for my opinion? Maybe I should <laughs> shut up. Um, <laughs> and so that's, that's definitely something that I've, um, you know, that's just my own like logaria. I, I have to check that, but in the relationship itself, like it's been really refreshing to have this honesty. Like I, I stressed out about it, you know, because in my, um, in my previous relationships, I would try to be completely honest, but like some things just felt too scary to say. And so you hold them back or you like, don't say something because you, um, you know, you don't want it to be a, you don't want it to be a big deal. And you know that it's not really a big deal, but you don't trust them to not make it a big deal. So you like gloss over it or, or and by you glossing over it, you make it an even bigger deal. <laughs> exactly. Well, actually, no, this is totally what happened. So like we, we had a fight like this where like she asked me a question and instead of answering the question directly, I like laughed it off and went to sleep and the, and it was like the middle of the night, you know, it wasn't a good time to have a discussion, but instead of saying, I don't think this is a good time to have a discussion. Can we talk about this in the morning? I, she like asked me a question. I was like, ah, nah, 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 and I just went to sleep. Right. And so she stayed up all night fuming at me, like mad thinking that whatever had happened was like a big deal. Right. Like I had just done something horrible and I was trying to lie to her about it and so on and so forth. But what really ended up happening is the next morning, I honestly, like it was the middle of the night and I didn't want to talk about something at three o'clock in the morning. And so I like, just didn't, I like in my head, I was like, we can talk about this tomorrow. It's not a big deal. I'm going to go to sleep. But by like omitting that like that uncomfortable bit of like now's not the time um or just like straight up having a five minute uncomfortable conversation at three o'clock in the morning like i could have solved that entire problem but instead it was this like full day like the closest to a blowout we've ever had uh it was the the only time that uh that we've actually felt like at risk in our relationship and it wasn't because of the thing that we were initially talking about it was because she felt like i had just lied to her by laughing it off the night before. And Mm. it was like the first, it was the first and only time that I'd done anything that you could even like somewhat misconstrue as dishonest in this relationship. And like, I, I didn't think of it as being dishonest. I thought of it as being placating and like putting it off until later. But it didn't occur to me that to her, avoiding a question is the same thing as giving a false answer because you're basically moving around saying the thing that you know and you know if if somebody's like hey what color is is my dress and you go no i don't know what does color even mean anyways and you walk away like (laughs) like it's it's this very odd way of approaching that question right but it's kind of the same thing like 
like if, you know, like this is a contrived example, but if, if I'm walking down the street and a girl walks by and I look at her butt and Marissa goes, did you just look at that girl's ass? And I, and I look at her, I go, oh, I don't know. I, there was something in my eye. And I looked over this way. Now it looks like I was like doing something bad inside my head. Like I was like making plans or something, you know, but, but really what happened is I saw a cute girl. I looked at her butt. And if Marissa asked me and I say, yes, I looked at her butt it's kind of over. <laughs> yeah. Like, I mean, it may she, be a bit uncomfortable or yeah. you may get a high five and she'd be like, yeah, it's a nice butt. <laughs> yeah, well, right. And if you, if you are willing, like by being honest about that kind of stuff, we've made it okay. Um, but like, you know, withholding that answer and making it like an awkward evasive answer makes it sound like you've done something horrible. Um, and when you're in that, I, I don't have any exact examples, but like when you're in that stage, when you know, it's like getting bigger than it ever should have been, it's like, I feel this like panic. I'm like, no, but it's really nothing. Oh my God. We're going to have a thing now. I, right? You like feel it spiraling out of control. It's like the, it's like that slow motion moment when you've just like dropped a glass of wine and you just see it suspended in midair over white carpet. And you're like, you know, I could have stopped all of this. <laughs> you just see the disaster that's impending. Um, but no, I think we need to talk about something different. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I could, I could go on about my own emotional shortcomings for days. Uh, (laughs) I mean, we could talk about that. (laughs) Uh, no, no. All right. 